welcome back to a brand new episode of growing up gay with vaughn and malik what up y'all this is your boy malik and this is vaughn um y'all we are testing out some new audio stuff be patient we're trying to get the best quality for y'all you know we don't have that spotify backing yet <laughs> or that loudspeakers music backing yet it's coming or that joe button network back i'm just joking <laughs> it's coming. It's um coming, we're y'all. not quite there yet so, yeah, we bought some new mics. We're testing out new ways to do things. So hopefully the audio quality is good for y'all. Um, you know, just trying to... trying to Step it up step a little bit. Step, right. step your pussy up, as, as our good sis T.S. Madison would say. <laughs> step your pussy up. <laughs> yes, friend. How have you been since we last recorded? I've been good. I've been well. Um, let me see. This week was interesting because um i met with my therapist yesterday love that and i haven't met with her in a few weeks no i haven't met with her probably in a few months like probably like two months i haven't talked with her mm-hmm. so it was really good to catch up and um just kind of like put things back into well not into perspective but really just refresh right. myself because um doing the work of like working with a therapist has been really about internal honesty for me mm. and so being able to kind of reflect on how i've been feeling like i realized that i have i've been grieving two huge losses in my life i've lost two of my best friends mm. this year and you know realizing how much i depend how much i depended on them how much right you know we were really de- dependent codependent on each other to a right. degree and so having to like figure out new ways of living without right. these it's like losing I, I think especially for queer people it's like losing a family member because oh, yeah, that's exactly our friends is. are our family members chosen which, family we're, we're gonna touch on that a little bit later we are we are we have but, some this is gonna be a good episode uh-huh it's, it's gonna be very juicy i think yeah so just 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 kind of just acknowledging that i've been sad mm. has been hard for me that I am hurting that I've right. lost these two friends. Right. These, you know, these two f- friendships that I lost have made me not as trusting of people. Mm-hmm. It's made me a little bit more recluse and maybe distant. Oh, it's turned you into a Scorpio. It's turned <laughs> me into a Scorpio. <laughs> where, bitch, I don't want to really connect with bitches because yeah. I, I have my evil eye on you. Like, my yeah. third eye. Like, I'm watching you to make sure that, bitch, you're not going to put no shit on me. Right. You know? But I don't want... I, I'm normally not that way. I'm a very... I generally can be very vulnerable, right. but I haven't haven't wanted to be. You know, this is so funny. Full transparency, I was going to... I'm breaking the fourth wall, if you will. I Go was going to actually have... Um, I was listening to a podcast. It's called The Receipts Podcast. It's these ladies in the UK. Um, very funny, very funny podcast. Um, I'm late to it, I'll be very honest. I, I've known about it for a very long time, but I never got into it until earlier this year. Anyway... Um, they were discussing feminine and verse masculine energy. And it's something that we've talked about a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. But they broke it down in a different way. Uh, Tali T is one, is one of the girls. And she was actually the one that brought it to the table. Um, and she was actually reading it off. And she was saying that how she always, you know, considered herself so feminine. And when she was reading over the masculine energy thing, it was her, like, to the T. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to actually find what she was because she didn't link it or anything but i wanted to like search it and see if i could find it and read it because i thought it was so interesting because she although like i said her thing reads very masculine her energy what she looks for in significant others is the people that allow her to be feminine yes energy wise yes that create that space for her right and it was so funny because 
that's one of the things that I think I look for as well. Now I don't look for, let's be clear. But one of the things that I appreciate and I don't think I've ever found yet, I think because people ex- naturally expect me to be masculine mm-hmm. and they see me as this big, you know, big masculine guy that like that energy when the feminine whenever I'm comfortable with someone, I do turn on that feminine energy. Mm-hmm. I let them take full control. I let them lead I, all of that, right? And I haven't Oh, I, that's why I wanted to discuss it cuz I was like, wow, that's really interesting. When she said that, I was like, that really, really reminds me of me. And she was saying that's why she's kind of had a hard time dating because she was like in her, her exterior is so masculine as far as energy goes that when she finds men, they usually find that part kind of, they either feel like they need to, to break that off mm-hmm. or they are intimidated by it. But she was like, the reality is if they would just let me get past, you know, that wall. Yeah. It comes down without them even having to try. Without, yeah, because because it's about being it's about being safe, comfortable, and vulnerable. That's it. That's when you said that. That's what made me think of. Yeah, it. like if if you can be safe with your friends, with your family, if your partner, then there so many things are possible right. with safeness. And so, um, this week has just been about me um, being honest and saying I don't feel safe right now. Mm. And what is that doing to me? Right. And how is that making me feel? And so dealing with that, I, you know, I, I was talking with my therapist saying that, you know, I was telling myself, oh, once I, you know, have more accomplishments on, on my yoga resume, I'll feel better. Mm. Friend, we are so and, aligned. And uh, that 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 is happening. That mm-hmm. has happened. And I still feel like shit. You know, and it's, so <laughs> it's funny. I was having my best friend and I were having the conversation about just life and stuff because I feel like you know, it's not Mercury, but I think it's one of her stepsisters. Mm-hmm. She's Bukwisha. in, yeah, yeah. She's in retrograde right now, and I've been in my bag, and by my bag, I mean my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in my For feelings. Like the past week, like I am. There's an uh, oh, I was gonna make such a good segue to an album right there. What is it? Drake, it was, I was thinking of Drake in my feelings, oh, yeah. but I for some reason was thinking it's an album, not a song. Yes, yeah, I was gonna be like, I was gonna say, you know, I'm in my Drake. I'm like, I'm I'm Drake in my feelings. Anyway, <laughs> the moment has passed. <laughs> but I've I've also have been heavy in my feelings, and and I was saying how the best space. I want to get back to the space that I was in like three months before I moved to New York to like that six months out for when I first moved to New York. Yeah, there was like a ten month period when I where I was just good yeah i felt that was the most complete and most comfortable i think i felt across the board Mm -hmm. and i was telling my friend that i think it was tied to work you know achieving all the things that i achieved being able to to grow as fast as i did and like accomplish as much as i did in hospitality as fast as i did i think it really cushioned me if you will it kind of supported um me it kind of it was it was kind of because I think sometimes people can use work to to um, to hide to like feel better. I think sometimes people right. use work to like create systems around themselves. Right. So many like, things. Very DC gay of me, where it's like I work for the government. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I think that that's the kind of I'm joking, but I was I was just saying that I I kind of want to get back to that space because I was so focused, I was so clear, I was so confident i was so just good yeah across the i felt like unfazed i felt like the baddest bitch do you think sometimes jobs give us i know like we're like false insecurity going on a tangent false insecurity sometimes yeah because i was literally 
uh, talking with someone a few months ago, and we were just talking about how there there really is no safety when you None. really think about it. Because at the end of the day, until you're growing your own fucking food, mm-hmm. you're not safe, baby. Thank you. Because you are dependent on another bitch this to do is something. Li- this is literally the conversation my friend and I were having. My best friend. Shout out to Aziza. Hey, hey Aziza, um, girl. We were literally having this conversation because we were saying how we were both kind of feeling very blah. Yeah. And again, I don't know if it's because Mercury's sister is in, you know, <laughs> you know Boosie fade. <laughs> but we were both just like in our... And to be fair, it has nothing to do with that because we've kind of felt this way pretty much all year, especially March, especially since the pandemic hit, I will say, yeah. because of how it shifted everything. Um, and we were having the same conversation about how jobs often create a false insecurity because you think this thing, all the work that you've put in means something, and then you find out that it doesn't. And I think for society, this is the first time we've all kind of realized it doesn't. Yeah. So we were also saying how, like, until you are growing your own food, kind of mm-hmm. like you were saying, mm-hmm. you never know what's going on with the crops where you're buying them from. You never, you never, you never like, know what's going on. You're always picking. Again, slavery, you're always picking from somebody else's crops. That's it. Slavery. That's it. And, 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 and we are constantly attached to a system dependent on another bitch. Right. And someone else's validation. Someone else's validation. Right. Whether it be food, health, all of it. Literally. So, you know, just, you know, taking all that in this week and understanding how that's been making me feel that's been really interesting. Yeah. On a high, uh I was asked to lead a teacher training. Tell them about it, friend. And that was something that was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean you want me to lead a teacher training? So I'm in the works of putting together my own method of the way I teach, the way I sequence, the way that the way the way that I do my shit. And it's really amazing to be able to say that, wow, I'm gonna share this with a group of people who mm-hmm. want to learn from me. Right. And that was the ultimate like, oh my gosh. So I'm doing something right. Right. You know, so that definitely felt really good. Like that was really good affirmation for me in, in the middle, not in the middle of the week. Yeah. 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 In the middle of the week where I was feeling, just feeling down, Yeah, you know, really feeling unsure of myself. Like, because when you lose close friends, you start to think, well, is it me? Mm-hmm. You know? So all in all, you know, y'all, we're going to keep on keeping on. <laughs> Friend, what's your gaga? What's your tea this week? I have been trying so hard not to sing Tony Braxton. Ever since you said hi, I've been thinking, ooh, ooh I get so high. When, when I'm, I'm around, around you, baby, I can touch the sky. You make my temperature rise. Sing. Anyway. Yeah, y'all, y'all, know, y'all know a nigga love a vocal over we here. We love a sing. We love just. Y'all know a nigga love a vocal over here. Come on now, don't act like you don't know. Um, but no, I've had. Um, I'll call it an interesting week. Um, I don't want to say it's bad. I've just my energy has just been off, like completely, completely, completely off. And I've been trying to refocus, and I've been trying not to let it get the best of me. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm just feeling blah. Yeah, indifferent, just, melancholy. Yeah, super indifferent. Like, I've been at work like, all right, girl, I don't care. I don't give a fuck <laughs> like, about, I don't this fuck about this shit. I, like, I, I'm dealing with, with, like, cases and stuff, and I'm just like, girl, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I just, I don't. And I don't like it because I'm not that way Yeah, about anything. Like, I'm very matter-of-fact about things. I'm very hardworking, all of that shit, but... I've just been feeling like, I don't really give a fuck about this shit. 
don't give a fuck about none of this shit, bro. Mm. Girl, what mm. we say working is for the birds. Right. Listen, I'm trying to be like that woman. Excuse I'm me, excuse me, sir. What what do you do? <laughs> what? What what do you do? Like what do you do for a living? What do you mean? What do you do for I'm married. <laughs> Goals. Period. <laughs> like <laughs> like someone spends their heart earned money on me. Right. Like that's the ultimate flex. I don't do jobs, bitch. I am bitch, a I job. am a job. Okay. Shout out to Carisha. Shout out to Carisha. Shout, Shout out, out to, to JT. JT. Shout out to Santana. Right. <sighs> yeah. Um We need to get our life together. Please. I think that takes <laughs> us right into our get it together. Um, if you guys are new to the show, the get it together is a section when Vaughn and I highlight something that we're working on, something we're meditating about. And um, I've used this this get it together before, but I'm going to bring it back. And it's just don't be afraid to say no. And the reason I'm saying this is because last night y'all was out being a horn dog. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a horn dog. I was being a horn dog last night. You know, it's Libra season. I, I, I took myself out on a date. I went to Bar Margot. Y'all know that's my spot. I was up and at the bar hanging out with Tondi. We was, was in there drinking and talking shit. And I leave Bar Margot. I go to Al's house. Shout out to Al. He had a little a gathering over there. I get over there for about an hour, have another drink. I'm thinking like, hmm, okay. A bitch <laughs> is feeling her drink. A bitch right. is feeling very mixy right now. What what's like what's let's work the beat. What's right. going on? So I hit up one of my pieces that, you know, I've played with many times in the past. I'm like, hey, listen, tonight I just want to cuddle, nigga. Right. I just want to cuddle. I just want to hold you. Just a little intimacy. Kiss, and let's just be. That's that's. Let's just be chill. He like okay, cool. <laughs> He's like, it's been a year since I seen you. Let's do do it. I'm like, all right, baby girl. Baby girl. Y'all, I pull up. I pull up. I pull up to the house. It's raining. It's dark. I pull up to the house. Why, as I'm walking to the house, another car pulls up at the same time with the lights, <laughs> with bright ass lights on. Homeboy hops out the car, walks up to the door, meets me at the door, and he looks back. And I like, as he's walking behind me, I slow up and I look back, like, so trying to see what the fuck's going on. Because mind you, it's nighttime and it's <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay. Am I getting robbed? Am I getting robbed? What's going on? <laughs> Homeboy walks up to the door with me. Y'all were like that Spider Man meme. The, the point. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> um, I get to the door and my friend opens up the door. And then the guy walks in front of me because I'm, I, I back up. Right. Once he walks behind me i back up i'm like oh because i'm gonna see i want to first see his face and see what's going on right he was a good six and a half seven you know <laughs> he was fuckable for certain right but i didn't sign up for a threesome y'all when the nigga gets to the door he said he, he see me he's talking about some oh yeah i'm about to join in y'all fun we gonna we gonna make it a group thing you know he, he just <laughs> you know he just egging it on like sitting there with a grin looking like he really about to get, get into me no you're not, not. mama you're not <laughs> Once, once, do open the door to let to let us in. I thought I I chucked the nigga the deuces like, hey, listen, I'm a pass on this time, bro. Right. He said, all right, cool, I feel that. I walk in my car, I go home, jack off, and go to sleep. Let me tell you something. <laughs> no means no. Listen, Oprah said it best. Oh, no is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. You're not gonna. I know what I want. 
I know what I came here to do. Right. I know what I needed. I came here to. I came here that. just to cuddle with y'all. That's it. <laughs> it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How are you going to sit here and try, 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 and try to pull a threesome on me? Now, mind you, y'all, this this is the second time this has happened to me. They love to when People a nigga like to, what is has a nigga I'm trying to fuck with has had another nigga over there or pull or pull this. The girls be Let me double tell y'all something, y'all. Um, consent is real. Mm-hmm. I need to say yes. I want to be a part of this. Right. Don't just be pulling on shenanigans on me. Right. Somebody get it together. Is don't be afraid to tell a nigga no. Even if you in the mother, even if you butt ass naked. Naked. Yes. No. Yes. I'm not cool with this. This makes me uncomfortable because I did not like that at all. I definitely was going over there for one thing, and baby mama flipped the script on my ass. Get <laughs> I it together. Say yes to your <laughs> number and <laughs> yes to me fucking you. Then I get up to your spot and guess who? <laughs> Bitch, and now and now it's and a now, wait, yeah, now I want to write a song to that. We should yeah. a little mix, a girl mixtape. <laughs> right, bitch, get on our Durantes, bitch. Um, but so, this yeah. time I said no, <laughs> and, like, I, I, and I don't, I don't ever want to say yes to your ass. No. Right, and I don't ever want to say anyway. Um, that happens, friend. It's it's, it's awful. They like, to, I don't know why people like to do that. Like, I don't know who likes surprise dick. Like in that sense, I don't want, I don't want another, I don't want a surprise cock. <laughs> I need to peruse the situation, make sure that I'm up for it, you know. If not, like, come on. Right. I come like on. That. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. It is my birthday. Right. I y'all, like y'all, that. y'all go ahead and hit that cash app. Um, <laughs> it's Malik Khalid. Thank you. <laughs> hit that cash app. Make that cash app uh, that, that's the only kind of notification I need. That's the only thing I want to hear. Keep, keep your keep your um your icy emojis, your snowflake emojis. Please keep that snowflake emoji. I'll just hit my cash up. Hit my cash up. And ask me for my well no you already have my number if you have anyway you get the point. Um yeah my get it together for this week is grind. Grind. I think I've had this one before as well. Um it's grind season. Mm-hmm. I think I know I just said I'm in a fuck everything kind of mood which I am, but fuck things that they don't serve you. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I've there's just listen, sometimes when you want to get to not sometimes, when you want to get to when you where you want to get to in life, sometimes you just have to grind. You have to do things that might not you know feel the best. Things that you might not 100% enjoy, but there are things that you need to do. You know, they always say the things that are good for you never taste good. Never. Right? It's always the the things that taste or the or the most laborious are like things that are good for you Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the kind of mood and mode that i'm in 2020 has been what it's been and i've kind of realized i just want to make sure i'm on coming out of coming going into 2020 sorry going into 2021 on the right side of things so i just feel like i have a list of things that i want to accomplish and a kind of person that i want to be and places that i want to go and things that i want to achieve and i've kind of realized i need to just put things into high gear put my head down and do it that's do my it. get it together for this week to grind. Just do it. Do like it. like Chloe and Halle say. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Um, and that's just and it's not a one thing for me. That's probably possibly why it's been taking me so long to achieve these things that I'm trying to achieve because it's not just one thing. It's multiple things that I'm going to have to do like I do everything else, break it up into manageable portions yep. and take care of one yep. while I take care of the other, then take care of the other, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my get it together for this week. Whatever that. It, whatever thing it is that you want to do that you've just been delaying or been pushing to the side, just do it. What's interesting, what you just said, I feel like normally when we start doing that one thing that we and we do it full out, everything mm-hmm. else begins to like just fall into place. Right. You know? Right. 
So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Get it together, y'all. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with this week's growing up gay. Hey y'all, it's Vaughn. Before we dive into this week's Growing Up Gay, I just wanted to remind everyone to please rate the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Five-star ratings and comments help to grow the show and we would greatly appreciate it. Now, back into this week's episode. All right, so we are back with this week's Growing Up Gay. If this is your first time listening to the podcast... That is the title of the podcast. <laughs> our growing, our growing up gay segment is a segment where we, uh, we as two gay men, either discuss things that affected us while we were growing up or things that are currently affecting who we are growing into. Right. That is what this segment is about. We discuss things that are, you know, happening in pop culture, things that happen in the queer community, all across the board. Yeah. The thing that Malik and I wanted to discuss, we've actually been holding on to this topic for friend. What do we say about? since six months now may yeah about yeah five to six months now we've been holding on to this topic um and it's blackish yeah uh not the tv show (laughs) um we want to discuss black blackness in general um and what sparked this for us hence the time that we've been holding on to it uh it's actually this is a conversation i think i've been kind of having on social media since um i've started because blackness to me has i think tends to mean different things than it does to other black people that's what i've learned being on social media being west indian my idea of black is has never been monolithic it's never been linear my idea of black and who is allowed to claim you know that our race has never been like i said singular because i have black family members that look like everything i have black family members that look like Mariah Carey. I have black family members that have Asian blood. I have black family members that have Indian blood, like actual from India, Indian blood. Like I have a wide array. There's a large Sri Lankan population in Jamaica for some reason. I don't know. But for me, I've always seen all of that rainbow of colors as black, right? And we can all go back to how this is the one drop rule and whether that's toxic for our community or not. Mm -hmm. That's That's a portion of this discussion as well. But what really... What really sparked this for me was everything that was happening with Breonna Taylor and George George Floyd, because I was noticing a lot of black people, um, and by black, I'm skewing to the racially ambiguous, biracial, or, um, you know, multiracial people that have not sat in their blackness, whether they only dated outside of their race or they did they were raised possibly by their white or non-black parent and just didn't skew black some people skew black some people don't right i always joke and say that like there's tia and tamara and like (laughs) tia is the black one and tamara is the white one Mm -hmm. like i always (laughs) i always make that joke because the reality of it is they're, they're both black women but there are some people that skew and align with blackness and then there are some people that just don't right and you yeah. some people it's their rearing like for like what started this conversation for me like i said i started noticing a lot of the youtubers or beauty uh, bloggers that i followed who were mixed race and usually they were raised in the uk there's like three or four that i'm thinking of that were raised in the uk they all date non-black uh men right and it was really interesting watching how the george floyd and brianna taylor situation affected them granted or not granted, I should say, keep in mind that this is not the first time that we've had something like this happen, unfortunately. No. It is a part of the 
that sounds awful to say that it's people part being of murdered. The system that we live in, right. black people being murdered, and because of social media, it's a part now a part of the system is for us to see it. Right, and it and it's been it has been amplified. I would say ever since the Trayvon Martin situation, Absolutely. and the the you know the start of Black Lives Matter and, mm-hmm. and that movement. Um, so it was really interesting to me that like this was the time where they were like, whoa, because like I've said, I've been following these people, some of them since like 2010, and I've seen them continuously date multiple people outside of their outside of their race. Well, they're technically mixed. So however you view that. Um, and they've just never skewed black. And it was really interesting to watch how this situation affected them. Two of them got divorced. Um, one, Well, sorry. One of them got divorced. One broke up with her white boyfriend. One of them just one of them particularly was really skewed far from blackness. She made sure to um, always wear blonde weave. And I know blonde weave doesn't mean white, but in this sense, that's what she was aiming for because she never... The Eurocentric sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. She never did anything with her natural hair. She braided it, kept it down. And it wasn't for protective measures, right? Because I'm well-versed. I'm not ignorant. I know a lot of of people wear weaves and wigs um, and they keep their hair in protective styles. That wasn't what she was doing. She just literally... And she would say this in videos. She can't be bothered with her black hair. So she always wore wigs and weaves. And like I said, she, she married white her and she was raised by her white mother right so i i personally never took offense to any of this this was just her reality yeah and i i never like clearly i was still following her granted i was i was kind of tapped out of her content for about two years but it was really interesting because the situation happened and she did a video talking about how she and her husband had you know broken up and how she's just she's growing and she's changing and she's learning a lot and she by name said that these these events were the things that really sparked change in her and how she identifies and all that and like mama got braids she's half old dreads it's like it was just a drastic yeah and i mean she's not out here like you know sister girl sister girling yeah. right you know what i mean yeah. she's not out here you know being you know stereotypical or anything there was just a genuine owning yeah. of the black woman that she is that she was clearly trying to shun for a very long time. And I, and I knew she was trying to shun it because she would, she never even identified with black in the earlier stages of her, of her YouTube career. Yeah. She would always like avoid questions in regard to what was she? I could clearly tell she was black. Cause I could see that her hair was not three C it was four C right. Like the, the, the slavery is in your head. Sis. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You might have light eyes and lighter skin. I mean, she's like Rihanna's complexion. Okay. But like, yeah. So that was one of the things I wanted to kind of sparked the conversation that we wanted to have around blackness, what it is, what it looks like. Um, and how we feel about it, because the reality is right. We, because of the one drop rule, all you ever needed was that one drop, and then Which you could sit with us. A little racist. It is the one drop rule. It it is. You know, and I think it really. I'm not. I can't argue with the science behind it or with right. the DNA because I don't know much about it. Right. But I do think that it creates this stereotype mm-hmm. that, like, the one drop rule. The one drop rule something is, in is the why milk blackness is clear. so vast. Right. Without question. Know? And it is why our experience cannot be monolithic. And so right. I think when, when we start talking about, for example, this YouTuber that you follow, um, this year's events really awakened the spirit of blackness for a lot of people. Without question. And what it means to, you know, 
genetically be black but also to understand the struggle the plight of the community the plight of the community you know like the rawness of what it means to walk in black skin whether you choose to reject that Mm -hmm. and not address that and i think for some people it just came came to a point where they couldn't reject it anymore It, it just came to a head for them like you know what i've been playing about this for so long when i see that people who don't have my privilege are really hurting, mm-hmm. and, or the ones that do have your privilege are hurting. Yeah, true. They get shot too. Trust and me. and so I think that just really became a lot for people to deal with, and and they felt like they were not being. It seems to me that there's like this feeling of how can I be an ally to my black brothers and sisters who, who I've ignored for so long, right? And them wanting to step into that, right? You know, I remember us talking about. Over the summer, you know, is blackness, is it because the one drop or right. is it because you have a sense and a pride right. of the history? of And the all of it. And all of it. You're not proud of all blackness, pieces. not the, the you know, the um, quote unquote good black, mm-hmm. the respectable black. Yeah. You're proud of all the black. You don't shun black people because they're ghetto or you don't shun black people because they're not as traveled or you don't shun like you're proud of all the blackness, not just the, the glaring good quote-unquote good black what's interesting i was at a friend's house and he we were talking about some online youtube show a reality show that um has a queer a queer group of characters that they follow mm-hmm. and he was talking about that he felt like that they shouldn't highlight the ghettoness right of of black women and i and i was saying and, and, and we were saying that you know well that is a particular culture of people that is right. a, that that is a whole you know that is a real person right. that we're talking about and they have value and they and, and their story deserves to be seen right but we you know again when we talk about you know respectability politics mm-hmm. we begin to categorize and say these people deserve to be here these and these folks don't deserve to be here right and that ties into eugenics you know which is selective breeding saying that you know, if you look like this, if you come from this socioeconomic background, if you if you have this IQ right. score, you are good enough to be bred and to be, you know, and to, to mate. And I think when we really get into the conversation of what it means to be black and we start talking about, you know, who is black and who's not and, and whose story matters, it really kind of plays up to this 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 larger this larger thing of um, do black people even understand what it means to be black? I I don't you know. Think we do, and see the thing is it's difficult, right? Yeah. Because the one drop rule we talked about that and how it is, of course, bred in racism and it's essentially saying you're not worthy if you have any of that yes, in you, whatever in you. that is, right? Uh, it, it's 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 as automatic. Soon as you have a little bit of that, you're mm-hmm. no longer worthy of being treated as human, right? Mm-hmm. You're immediately inhumane, right? It's okay to treat you as be inhumane towards you, right? And I think the the reason why this is such a touchy discussion is because there's two sides to everything, right? Like, I would never try and deny someone's blackness based on appearance, right? Like a Mariah Carey, for example, right? You can call Mariah Carey racially ambiguous. You can say she looks, looks like a white woman, whatever, however you categorize and stereotype and it was funny because even in her own book she talked about how her 
brother and her sister were very jealous of her because they grew up, of course, in Staten Island, which is very racist. If you did not know that about New York, Staten Island is super racist. That's where the racist Italians call home. It's, it's just a very racist. And it's crazy because you're like, it's New York. But, you know, it's very racist. Anyway, she was raised there. And, of course, her brother and her sister have kinkier hair than she does. They have, you know, a little browner skin than she does. They, quote, unquote, look more black than she does, right? So she was talking about how her brother and her sister were very jealous of her and they hated her because she came out, quote unquote, less black. Mm -hmm. Right. And that to me is why this subject is so touchy, because you have some black people who are very proud of their blackness, but there may they they might only look like they have 10 percent. That's just a number I'm throwing out there. Right. You may only look like you got 10, 15, 20 percent black in you, but you are very pro black. You're about the advancement and the betterment of the community. You are better to the community than the person that is 105% black yeah. and is out here tap dancing for Trump, yeah. right? So it becomes a thing of, is it genetics or is it character? and that, mm-hmm. Or is it a whole thing, yeah. right? It's, it's kind of hard for... And it's funny because I've also seen... With the discussions around blackness, one of the things that we've seen a lot this year also that kind of go hand in hand is nigger fishing, right? Yes. That was a topic. Shout out to Juana Thompson on Twitter. She's a writer from Toronto. Um, Or is she from, I think she's from Brampton. One of the two. She's from Canada. Um, She, along, there's another young lady. I'm sorry I'm forgetting her name. Um, But there's another young lady who actually started the conversation and then Juana amplified it, right? Um, And it became this thing where all these white women it was mostly white women all these white women were on instagram pretending to be black mm-hmm. right um rachel Dole's all if you will yep they were all pretending to be of mixed race and the discussion around that was really interesting because i started seeing and what is kind of created right is a lot of darker skinned people being very like gatekeeper around blackness yeah ever since that went viral because it went very very viral yes i've I've seen i've I've started to notice a lot of darker skinned people and i don't mean to be judgy here darker skinned black women be very gatekeepery around what oh she's not black or y'all always did it like there and, and the thing is right there is a reality where there does need to be a bit of gatekeeping and for those white people that are pretending to be black right you need to stand outside of that gate bitch you don't belong here right but what starts to happen is what I don't like and what is what I don't like is there starts to become this thing where you start telling black people they aren't black You're not enough. black enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? I have two black parents who have black parents. We all just happen to be light. Yeah. And I happen to come out the lightest yeah. of the bunch. Yeah. And then when I did my ge- genetics test, I'm only 40, 45% black. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some white in there. There's some maybe a little dash of Asian or South Asian or something in there. But I was been raised black my whole entire. So now where am I supposed to sit? Mm Because you're telling me that I'm not black. I'm not black because you don't validate that in me. Yeah. Who are you to validate that in me? And then what is that number? Mm -hmm. Because if we start doing it by percentage, what is that number? Because the reality is, if you live in North America, you're not 100 percent black. Right. The majority of us. Malik and I, both being dark skinned, mm-hmm. we have something in us that's not black. Right. And I know because my mom and my daddy, neither one of them are dark skinned. Yeah. I just have, my brother and I just happen to come out dark skinned, right? I have a, a lighter skinned mom and a brown skinned father. 
they have two dark-skinned children. That's how blackness works. Yeah. Right? My grandma, my mom's parents, right? My grandfather, Olal, was like a brown, dark or complexion. My grandma was very light. They had one dark-skinned daughter and they had one light-skinned daughter, right? So, and it's funny because I grew up my whole life not knowing that my aunt was my grandma's sister. I'm Western. I'm black. Black people, we call everybody auntie, right? So, this woman who I loved as family, she's family. She's dark-skinned, has dark-skinned children, right? My grandma is light-skinned, has light-skinned children. Some of them got hazel eyes, non for she only has one daughter that's brown skin right every all her other daughters are light skin i grew up not even knowing they were sisters <laughs> because they look nothing alike yeah they do not look like they would have the same parents they don't have the same facial features same complexions the same hair type nothing yeah nothing so when we start having the conversation around who is quote, deserving of this title of black right who can sit in it and who can't, it starts to become a very touchy thing because how do we do that? You have someone like Halle Berry, right? I didn't even know Halle Berry was mixed until I got a lot older. Didn't know either until I got I, older. Right. It wasn't yeah. until I was in my teens where I found out that she, because she doesn't look, quote unquote, look mixed, mixed. No, me. she looks like a brown-skinned black lady. Thank you. Yeah. Right. But her mom's white. Right, but her mom is white. Yeah. And I understand where the gatekeeping wants to come from because what ends up happening is, right, the, what is black it gets skewed yes what we see in media mm-hmm. what we see in in movies and films in magazines even in storytelling right it gets skewed and i always say well, it's funny when i watch commercials and stuff now because it'll be stuff marketed to black people but everyone is like everyone's like mm-hmm. you watch shows and, like and, and so that and that becomes pretty much the metric right that becomes the standard for blackness right and I've seen that as well. You right. know, just just the other day, I was watching a commercial where there was a, a a family, and the dad was the dad was white, but the baby was black. I, I, and and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> I, I was watching. I think it's a J called J G Wentworth. I, th- I think it's yeah. a J G Wentworth commercial where it's this dark skinned lady, uh-huh. and he's like, I got her this great deal on this thing, but her baby's white. Mm. And I understand that you can be dark skinned and have very light skinned babies. I yeah. super understand that. I get it. But that's a white baby. But that's a white baby. That wasn't <laughs> like that was a the ears weren't a little nothing. It was, that was a white, white baby, and it was like y'all don't know what black people look like anymore, or 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 is this a part of the whole agenda? Thank you to continue to skew what blackness is and right. and, and and to make it more palatable to f- to follow the the those Eurocentric beauty guidelines, right? You know. My um my grandmother, my dad's mom is is a is a is a, is a lighter skinned woman. My dad is you and I you you and I complexion. Then right. his sisters are very fair skinned, and then another sister is brown skinned. And so, right. but they all have the same mom, mm-hmm. different dads. You know, so there is this 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 like this myriad of different colors, even in my family and and all of our families. I would imagine. Um, yeah, you know, I I really I really just just think it comes down to me that there is like you have to have pride in your blackness. Without question. You know, you have to have a love and respect for the for the culture and for the people that is not rooted in, you know, just this 
this opportunity to play up to whatever you think is popular to commodify you, you, exactly because you know we see it happening like i think a conversation that you and i were having is you know in a few years like for example let's talk about obama the whole right. birther thing right you know is is he black right is he american another person i didn't know was mixed until they made a big deal about you it. you know uh, uh, exactly i didn't even know obama was mixed until we until we went through this man's dna his right. you know hawaiian dad and this mother and all, all, all these different things it's like that honestly mm-hmm. we don't even think about right until people begin to do that investigative piece and and oftentimes it it like when we are digging deep into these people that are of mixed race, it's generally, in my opinion, to um, to cast doubt mm-hmm. on their blackness, mm-hmm. um, to 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 keep that story going. Are they black enough? Right. You know? And I I will say I think sometimes that conversation is is necessary. Right. Because to me, there are a lot of mixed race people that only lean into blackness when it's necessary. Absolutely. When it's commodifiable. Mm-hmm. Evan Ross, I'm looking directly at you. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson looking directly at you. I agree. Um, you, Vince Diesel. Looking right at you. Right at you, sir. Um, um, and I'm even going to go as far as to say, uh, what's old girl from Saturday Night Live? Oh, um, Maya, Maya, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph. Yeah. She re- but see, I, don't, I wouldn't say that with Maya. Maya, will, she does play black she, roles. She no, that, but this is the thing. She has a black. She is. She's black. She is black. She, she is, is black. black. She is black. And she's her, never. She's never denied her blackness. Yeah. Which is why I wouldn't do that. I think. With her. I think what it is with Maya is I she's such she, a big actress, mm-hmm. and we and and Maya did not become famous for playing a black woman. She became famous for Saturday Night Live. Well, yes. Right. But then w- when we begin to see her in movies, mm-hmm. she often was playing these more ambiguous or white passing characters, right. which for a lot of us made us think, oh, she's white. Right. Until, right. you know, it comes out. Right. And, and then you realize her mother's Minnie Riperton. Exactly. You're like, oh. oh, okay. Okay. But the one thing I will say about Maya, and that's why I don't really sit her there, I've never seen her do anything that's quote unquote black and try to act like she's nothing nothing else okay i've never seen her lean out of ambiguity ambiguity mm-hmm. i've never seen her do that whereas i've seen evan ross disassociate himself completely with the black community yeah unless he's at something where he's getting paid or his mother's getting honored yeah or he's on star paid paid yeah yeah paid yeah mm-hmm. that that those are the people that i question the rock Never acknowledged the fact that he was Hawaiian mm-hmm. for for years. Samoan. Samoan mm-hmm. for years. That was the thing. And it was like, oh, wait, you're actually black. He's black. Oh, I thought you were Samoan. I thought you were Samoan. Oh, but okay, cool. Right. Th- that's why to me, I wouldn't necessarily sit Maya in that, gotcha. in that group because she doesn't do that. She kind of always stays in an ambiguity sector, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, um, oh, my God. There's another person. Else. Okay. Um, shoot. Meghan Markle. Mm. Meghan Markle is one of those people that I think most would sit in that leans into blackness when it's necessary kind of yeah. thing. But she doesn't. She always also stays in the lane of ambiguity. Like I was watching a TV show that she was a part of and she could have easily passed as a white woman. Okay. But she had a black father. Right, it wasn't important to the role. It wasn't important to the story that was being told, but that was the case. And 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 the only reason why her father was black is she showed a picture 
and there was this black guy. And I was like, oh, it was interesting that they didn't, because they could have, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I always, I always question, but then there are those people. But back to the point that we were talking about earlier, why the gatekeeping is somewhat necessary. I do get it because it's important to have the perspective of people that don't have the, op- that don't have the privilege of, of ambiguity, right? I don't know what it's like to be anything but black. I'm not one of the, well, what are you blacks? Yeah. <laughs> like, niggas know I'm a nigga. Yeah. The nose, the complexion. Yeah. The hair. the bi- I'm black. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no denying my blackness, right? And I think that's important because when you're telling stories and you're creating characters and you're building storylines, that part of the black experience is necessary because there's goods and bads that come with it that make stories whole. If the people that are telling the stories of blackness don't have that experience, if there's no one on board that has that experience, I think it is a disservice to people, whether you're talking about what that, whatever the experience is, right? Because queer black men have a different experience than, than heterosexual black women, right? And it's, I wouldn't want a racially ambiguous but black person trying to tell my story because there's parts of my story that you're just not going to understand. Even though you're black and you're a part of the same community as me. You can even be West Indian. But there's differences. There's differences in the way that men approach me. There's differences in the way that men treat me. There's difference, differences in the, the things that men expect from me as a dark-skinned black man than they are as a racially ambiguous or even a lighter-skinned black man. There's things put on, on me before I step into the room. Same, similarly with that person. I'm not going to be able to accurately tell their story because there's things that come with your experience that I just don't know. I'm not 100% familiar with. And even if I am familiar with it, I didn't live in it. So for me to try and tell that story would be skewed, which is why, like I said, this whole topic in general is, is touchy because although I don't gatekeep and I think it's kind of cringy when other people do it, I understand why it gets done. Yeah, I mean, people want to protect their identity. Right. You know, they want to keep it as sacred as possible, especially when we talk about black fishing. I get that. You know, and to the point, we don't want to create this slippery slope where even the black folks can't can't get in. Can't be black. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. Like, shit. Where can I be? Right. If if we begin to put all these rules and regulations on on what it means to be who we are, I don't know. I also think it's it's interesting, and I think it's necessary that when we're having this discussion, we also discuss how it has flipped. Um, I think we've seen a, a shift in society. And granted, this is a, a minimal shift. I don't think it's something that, you know, has thrown over the imbalance that is racism and colorism and all the other isms. But I definitely think it's interesting because I remember growing up in an era where everyone had Indian in their family. <laughs> you know, everybody had, you know, yeah, my grandma, Cherokee, you know, Patch Key. my grandmother is Native American. Like, she was black, black for the whatever. Like, I don't just got black feet. It's because my grandmother, like, that's why my hair is, Yo, you know, this texture. That's why so long. You, like, you remember that though, right? Girl, yeah. Like, yeah, no, oh, I got, she got good hair. Yeah, we got Indian in our family. Uh-huh. We got, yeah, you know. Um, everybody wanted to be exotic. Right. And, and what's so interesting is, Bitches, you you would meet them, and they would that that would be a part of their greeting, right? You know, a part of their bio, right? That they had Indian in their family. That's why that's why their hair was so nice, right? 
or or their features were so interesting, whatever right. the case may be. Like you, you can like give a bitch a compliment, right? Without you could without you them letting you know. Oh yeah, you know I'm Indian or whatever. Right, I'm mixed. Right. It was in their bio. It was in their everything. Yeah. Like you had full ass black people that you know brown skin that, that would be i remember that, that used to grind my gears i would get on the apps the book of shadows book of as shadows. some consider it and it would be a nigga my complexion talking about some mixed with what with nigger and nigga like <laughs> what are you mixed with what friend you mixed with? like In what ignorance? do you it, thank you <laughs> that is a mixture of ignorance right so i think it's really interesting how we've seen the shift from that to because I remember like, you know, when everybody was Creole, when everybody was Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. when everybody like, everybody was something. Right. And now you have the opposite where everyone's just black. Just black. Or I'm doing the ancestry DNA test so I can figure out what tribe my family's from. Not to see if I have white in me, but like I want to see what tribe my family's from, right? Yeah. I just think it's as much as because I, I don't think we can have the conversation around blackness and blackish right without discussing that there has been a conscious shift of of that and I think because of that's where a lot of the the gatekeeping that's why for me a lot of it is so interesting to see happen real time because I know a lot of these people were also running around quoting or, or claiming to be something other right. Um, and I think an even another interesting conversation that I wanted to get into is the next generation of blackness, right? Because we've kind of seen it shift and change over time. Um, and there's going to be a next generation of, of, of kids that are octoroons, as they consider them, right? People who have a, a biracial parent and a white parent. And those people, some of them, are going to choose to stand very firmly in their blackness. Some probably won't, right? And that's their prerogative and their decision, you know, that's just one less black person in the country, I guess. I don't know how to, that's not my business. I'm, I'm going to be black. My children going to be black and their children are going to be black, right? I can't control anybody else's lineage. I know for me, that's what it's going to look like. Because even if I was to have mixed race children, they're going to be black, black. enough to yeah. where if they had a child that was, I don't know what, it, what, it, the reason why I'm saying that is I can't speak from a place where my blackness can diminish. Not in my generation. Right. It it would take a lot of um, a lot of mixing, right? For your to blackness, my blackness, to, to, yeah, to dilute your your blackness. So I don't, I can't speak from that experience, but I do think there are going to be, like Halsey, for example, right? She is a quarter black. Her, is she? Yes, her father is is half black, right? And you have a, like, for instance, uh, Karen Parsons, aka Hillary Banks, right? She is a biracial woman with a white husband who has kids that are a quarter black. And I'm bringing her up because I was watching an interview uh, of hers. She was on something. And I was like, oh, shit, that's Hillary. Let me click on it. Right. And it was about the Black Lives Matter movement. Da, da, da. And she was speaking of she has this her, her daughter is this, you know, white passing. Or I shouldn't say white passing because I, I actually haven't seen her. But she's this obviously very light, you know. Um, little young girl with blue eyes and this curly, curly blonde hair. And her mom was saying that she's very militant. Like she's very pro-black. She's very about the movement. And again, this young lady was raised by her black grandmother as well as her black mom. Right. So she is very, 
thank you. Malik just pulled up her picture. She is. She looks like a, a white girl. She looks like a white girl, y'all. She looks like a white girl. There's now me being now you me. Can see it in I was about to say you, you can, can see, see it. You can. You see can that see she's it. Clearly black, but she, if you look, she has at blonde her, hair and blue eyes. Really quickly, you think white girl, but then when you really get when into you really her, look, when you really look at her hair right. and some of her features. Like okay, right. I see the blackness in her. Right, I see it. You got but something. I think to her mother's point, she right. really wanted to prepare her because let me tell you something. This girl looks like a little little Alyssa. Right. She looks like little little, little alley. Right. She looks she looks very white, but then you 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 can see the blackness. So I think it's important mm-hmm. that she did give her that conversation. Well, that, I I, that I think the reason why she wanted to have the conversation with her is because she was saying her daughter is very pro pro black. Yeah. Right. She's very very pro black, and she was hearing everything about the Black Lives Matter movement, and she was getting very upset, and she was like, you know, people can't treat my mother and my grandmother this kind of way, and she was saying how she never thought about when she was having kids that that would be their experience right that she never thought she would have to prepare that she never even thought about having to prepare them for being black and what their blackness was going to mean because they hold a certain privilege and because of that right and we should really stop calling it a privilege um but because they are white passing right there's going to be a lot of black people who aren't that are going to again going to gatekeep and she was saying that she she never thought or considered the fact that she would have to like prepare her daughter for something like that because she can't strip blackness from her daughter. It's in her genes. It's in her lineage. Right. But she knows that other people are going to be quick to do so because she is like we said, white passing. Right. And I think there's going to be a whole generation of that. Chris Brown, for example, right. He has his youngest son. Now his daughter looks quote unquote, like if you didn't know her, you'd be like, Oh, she's probably Puerto Rican. And Puerto Rican is kind of like a, a gradient term for you got something in you. I just don't know what. Right. Right. You look like you black, but I, you you got something in else in there, a little right? Extra. A little extra. Like you were you were seasoned. You're seasoned, right? <laughs> Whereas his his youngest child has red hair, and his youngest child is Asian and black. Her mom, um, his mom is the child. I'm saying, not Chris's mom. The child's mom is filipino mm. and then chris is black is this the girl who was running around like stock stalking, fishing yeah stalking karuchi and black fishing and doing right all this she shit. was claiming to be half black half when black. she's fully filipino yeah yeah and and she's not is she is she an american citizen I, that ain't my business okay <laughs> <laughs> my, i am not trying to call ice on sis ah, I'm, just, I'm not either i'm not either <laughs> but i but i remember reading something saying that you know she was a girl which which I hear a lot of Asians are addicted to American culture. As, oh yeah, as far as like seeing it on TV and really wanting to mimic it, mimic especially it, black yeah. culture. Yeah, you know. Um, and there's so, a whole subgroup in in Asia that pretends to be like West Indian. Yeah, and they go out of their way to like turn their hair into froze, and it's like mm. this whole creepy weird process. Very extra. <sighs> so I, I, I think God, I'm black, y'all. <laughs> right. Because let me tell you something. Some of this shit I hear, it's a struggle. Yeah. Like Rachel Dolezal mm-hmm. and black fishing and just all, all of these things where people are trying to bite off of something that we have been stigmatized and hurt and, mm-hmm. and brutalized for mm-hmm. for so long. And it's just so interesting when I see people, you know, benefit mm-hmm. from the blackness, benefit well, from that's, that's society. having to really understand the 
the construct and the responsibility that it is of Talk being about black. It. Yeah. It's really it's insultive. Yeah. It's offensive. And it really it makes me feel like, damn, why the fuck you know, why is it that you can so easily mm-hmm. you know play play this up for your gain but mm-hmm. then these these are the same things that black folks are literally well, ostracized for. well because the reality is like and this is going to sound how it's going to sound but like often the most marginalized people are usually the most special people agreed right yeah. there's usually something about that group of people that other groups are intimidated by which is why they marginalize them mm-hmm. whether it's a way of thinking whether it's a way of being whether it's uh, even if it's something that's not tangible mm-hmm. right usually with those groups of people that are that heavily mar- for instance nerds right nerds get picked on and they get misbullied and all those things but they're usually pretty smart people mm-hmm. and they usually go on to do brilliant things and lead you know solid lives because they are smart they're well informed same thing with people that are like any kind of think of any kind of marginalized group and there's usually something about that group that other people are threatened by and i think with black people and i don't think you know they went into it with this knowledge right i don't think white people were like oh my god those people are so cool we need to make sure they never realize it right they just saw people that were able to do something that they weren't able to do, and that's labor. Yeah. They couldn't be, they literally could not be in the sun, right? Not that black people should be in the sun, because hello, please wear your SPF. But <laughs> they, I, I remember there was, in one of my tweets that went viral a long time ago, there was this white boy who posted a picture of his back, like his shoulder and his back, and he had severe sunburn. He had been like um, doing like yard work and he just wasn't paying attention to it. And like the next day he had severe sunburn to the point where he had like pus Mm. and stuff coming out of it. And I remember I retweeted it and I was like, so that's why they went and got black people to do the job. Because they literally could not do it. Yeah. Right? Um, And obviously that's not the sole reason why they went and got black people to do it. There's like more (laughs) that goes into that. They just didn't want to, you know, they weren't, they couldn't dehumanize white people so they yeah. had to go find somebody they could right yeah. that's another discussion for another time it's not i don't want to get off track um but back to one of the another point that i want to make before we move on from this conversation um i think it's really interesting how to to be our age because like i like i was saying earlier we grew up in a time where it was cool to be mixed mm-hmm. where it was preferred and i think it's been really interesting watching the pendulum switch, uh, switch, if you will, um, to where now people are owning blackness more than they ever have before, and pure blackness. Yeah, it's not I'm pretty because I'm mixed, or you know, pretty because I got Indian in me, or I know I'm I'm black and I'm gorgeous. Yeah, and blackness is enough. That's what are you? I'm black. There's no need to... If you're black, say you're black. Think right. black, be black. Yeah. Right. There's there, no there, need there's the pride. to go any further with it. But I also think it's interesting that we acknowledge the fact that there are going to be black people that are skin folk, but not kin folk, which Daniel is again... Cameron. Thank you. Which is again why the conversation is so nuanced because no shade. I'm rolling with... Um, I forgot her name that quickly. I'm rolling with Hillary, Hillary Banks' daughter. 
yeah. before I'm rolling with Daniel Cameron. It's, it's that simple. Sorry. All skin folk and kin folk. Sorry. And it, and it comes down to that. And I, honestly, I was thinking about, you know, with this, with this like r- resurgence of black pride, right? Mm-hmm. And black spirituality and black folks trying to be connected to the culture and, right. and to our roots. We all we we know that there are going to be people that that aren't connected in that way and right. don't find um, reverence for that. But I'm interested to see, like for example, we saw Tamika Mallory say Daniel Cameron, you know, goodbye. He's been banished. We don't right. we don't need that. We don't want that. But I'm I'm, I'm interested to see like how does that play out long term? That's when the, yeah. we see black folks that will come to power uh-huh. and that but don't have the same level of spirit and pride value value for the culture for the people yeah they weren't raised that way right and so what does that do to the the, the fight the plight what it does is it, it it colors in the lines and i think that we can never get to a point where we want to have one voice right that's true and we can never get to a point where we begin to i don't fuck with daniel cameron right i don't i I don't agree with 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 his decisions i want them to put everything out what was presented but you can't strip him i can't strip him of his blackness of of his experience right and i think his experience is valid and that story deserves to be shown. And, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm just interested to see, like, how will this power dynamics play of, of the black experience being so vast? What what it will do for some families is erase blackness. Yeah. There are going to be some. And, and this may sound irrational, but that's a legit fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I remember seeing a tweet on Twitter. Um, obviously, a tweet on Twitter. I hate when I do that. A tweet on Twitter. Right. Like, bitch, <laughs> where the fuck else? I mean, granted, you can see it on other places. But anyway. Yeah, you can. Uh, I saw a conversation around um, Diana Ross's family, right? Because mm-hmm. Diana Ross has one full black daughter, right? Then she has... Rhonda. Um, yes, Rhonda. She had black ass name. Rhonda, yep. right? And Rhonda has a black son. Yeah. Full black son, right? Then Diana has four other kids two boys, two girls that are all mixed, yeah. right? All of them, except for Tracy Ellis Ross, have children with white people, mm-hmm. right? So there was a, there was a joke that, um, um, damn, Kim Kardashian's mom. Chris. Chris Jenner has more black kids than Diana, black grandkids than Diana Ross. She does. Right. And I thought that was a really interesting conversation because it's a reality right Mm -hmm. and it made me think that there are going to be a there are going to be families where blackness is going to be usurped like it's just not no it's no longer going to exist yeah where and it it made me think of you know some some, because sometimes people have things around men people date outside their race right and i've always said i don't really care it doesn't really offend me when people date outside their race but I will say every now and again, when I see a a black man that's doing really good for himself or a black woman that is doing really good for themselves and they take that wealth, that knowledge, that power, that influence, and then they marry it to whiteness. Yeah. Right? And then they have kids. And if they aren't, granted, you can't control who your kids end up with and nothing like that. But for some of those people, their kids have kids with white people as well mm-hmm. and then 
there's a lineage of blackness that's now been diluted and all that power that privilege that strength yeah you know yeah that the privilege yeah at the end of the day wealth whatever it is is now white uh-huh. as opposed to black as, as if you know what i mean if Keep we're, me in the and community it, and right and it, it's kind of an irrational and i'm fully aware of that that it's kind of an irrational thought to have but i do have it some like for instance the the quarterback for the chiefs right he's mixed his wife is his fiance is white and they're having a baby and i'm like and it was crazy because when he he signed his contract 400 something million and everyone's all excited and then i was like i sound like a hater i even i said it to myself when i was saying it i said but you sound like a hater but i was like all that money hmm, going into the white community yeah because he's gonna have a quarter black children yeah I mean, I get it. You know, you know what I mean. So black, it's like, black folks, we've always wanted to see our people stay together because because we've seen our families torn apart right. for so long, right? And we know that you know, honestly, with so blackness, some oftentimes is attached to poverty. Yeah, it is attached to being disenfranchised. Right. And so when we see black folks doing well, we we want we, 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 we keep we, that. We get excited about it. Yeah, and we want that for ourselves. Selves. And yeah. if we can find a way to keep that within our communities, you know, that excites us. We right. want to see black folks like, you know, we love the Cosbys, you know, right. and, and we want to see that thing continue to go. And so I, I, I agree with you. It is a little dis- disheartening when we see that our, our blackness is diluted and, 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 and our wealth is being um, divested to other communities. But, you know, yeah. we do have to make sure we do, we do a better job at circulating our dollar within our community. Within our community. Yeah. And that's to let me clarify. When I say dilute, I'm not taking anything away from mixed race people because, like I said earlier, you can be a quarter black and fully identify. And still and be fully black. Identify as, and identify as black and I 1,000% will, agree with, will you. agree with you. Yes. that if that if If you are a black woman, then you are a black woman. That's, That's it. Your experience. Unless you're Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> right. You got to have some of us in it, right? But when I, the reason why I, I, I chose the word, because at the end of the day, it does, you can only become more ambiguous the more white you put in you yeah. at the end of the day. Or the more, same thing with the Asian. The more Asian you, you put in, in the, you know what I mean? It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I don't mean to say dilute in like a, a negative way yeah but I, yeah i'm sure y'all know my intention you're you're referencing black and and white or something other than black mixing right. with black that's what you're referencing right. so like, yeah 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 so yeah i th- i think we aired this topic i out. think so as well y'all probably like girl move on i mean listen if y'all have some <laughs> some other comments y'all want to add on y- y'all know what to do S- yeah send a bitch a tweet send a bitch a kite <laughs> a kite yeah a kite bitch a carrier pigeon friend a carrier pigeon <laughs> You know, bitch, send, send me a note. Let me know what's going on. All right. Enough of this race shit. <laughs> uh, we're going to move straight on into our grown. Grown and gay, and gay. For this week. Grown and gay. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you are just haven't listened to us in a while, we do have a new segment called Grown and Gay. Yes. Where we are going to be just that. Grown. Grown. And gay. And gay. <laughs> so for this week's grown and gay topic, we wanted to talk about friends fucking friends. Ooh, my God. What about your friends? Are Will they you suck them down? <laughs> Eat their butts. Yeah. Um, so this is a topic that we've been we've been thinking about and just for some time because mm-hmm. 
It's been on the timeline. On the timeline. It's been on the timeline heavy. And I think one thing that Vaughn Von and I were talking about, the, the difference between friends with benefits mm-hmm. and fucking your friends. Because it's two different things. Because it's two different things. Friends with benefits. Fuck buddies. Fuck buddies. Sorry. Okay. Not friends with benefits. Fuck buddies. fuck buddies and then fucking your friends. Fucking your friends. Two different things. Fuck buddies generally are strangers or people who you are associates with. You, you that don't, you built a sexual rapport. A sexual rapport with. And this is something that you come to only for gratification. They come to it, friend? You come to it <laughs> only C U M to it. You come to it only for gratification versus you know fucking your friends. Right. These are people that, that you actually have, you know them. You have connections. They with. know your mama. They know they your, mama. your mama. You know they know your cousin. They know where you're from. They'll be at your wedding. They may be at your wedding. No, un- they will be unless some shit goes awry. Would right, you fucking that's them? Different. Yeah. <laughs> because but, well, friend. Hey, we've seen it. Yeah. But I think all in all, um. I completely see why people would fuck their friends, you know, because earlier we were talking about um, a desire for intimacy mm-hmm. and a desire for a connection with people that you trust. Absolutely. And so on that end, I could see why it would interest people to want to have con- those sexual relationships with right. their friends. Somebody trusts them. Somebody you, you know. trust and someone you know. Right. But then on the same hand, I've seen these things get so muddy and yeah. so nasty yeah. because there there becomes like this expectation. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes with these people when they enter these relationships with their friends. Yeah, because people are territorial with their friends and they're territorial with people that they're sleeping with. Mm-hmm. You marry the two, there's going to be natural like instinct to be territorial over that person. Yeah. Even if you claim to not value them enough or see them in in the light of boyfriend, I find it hard to believe that you wouldn't be some kind of territorial over these people. I agree. I mean, if you're if you're with someone and you're with them because you desire intimacy and you right. desire connection, there's already this expectation of something more of like you showing up for me, you trusting me because right. then there's like this energy exchange there where you're looking for something. You Absolutely. want something out of this versus right. friends with benefits. It is generally um, wham, bam, thank wham, you, ma'am. bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. You know, we're, we're getting on to get off this. Right. And <clears throat> I'm cool with that, but I'm not cool with, you know, um, but I'm not cool with, friends um fucking right me either if you because here's my thing right and this is just a me thing i don't look down upon people that do that i think it's a you're you a certain kind of bitch (laughs) 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 to fuck your friends right (laughs) but for me i consider my friends as family yeah i that is a chosen relationship yeah right i really look at my friends like brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. i don't want to look at you in any sexual light right and which is why, like I said, I understand that the the idea of fuck buddies, yeah, because that's somebody that you are comfortable enough with. Mm-hmm. Because let's be, re- at least in my opinion, 
Good sex comes with intimacy. It's one in the it's one in the same. I can't have good sex if there's no intimacy. And intimacy comes from from being safe. Trust. Trust. And you right. can and you can have trust with the fuck buddy. Absolutely. That's what it's supposed to Vulnerability, be about. Vulnerability, trust, all of that. You should be able to let loose with this person that you've established this connection with. Right. But when you begin to open up that way with your core friend group, all hell breaks loose. I think it's so interesting of people that can do that because for me, I've only ever had one fuck buddy situation. And even that started to skew left because the more we slept with each other, the more, the more intimate we were with uh-huh. one another, the more we both started to develop feelings. And it was funny for me because I'm naturally a, a in my feelings ass bitch. I am Drake in my feelings. Uh, oh my God, I did it right this time. You did. Um, <laughs> and... When we first started sleeping together, I, I, to be a thousand percent honest, A, I didn't know it was going to become a fuck buddy situation. It was never something we discussed. It was just a hookup. Then it was a second hookup. Then it was a third. And then it was like, mm, this kind of works, right? Yeah. And at first, I was so insulted because it would just be sex and he would leave. Yeah. Right? And I would be like, oh, well, I. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. You want to stay? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to yeah, yeah. hang out with me? It's that you, right. You want that that snuggle time, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't even like snuggling because I'd be warm anyway. Get away from me. Be but hot. <laughs> I'd be hot. Yeah, Damn. For, for sure. But when when it, when it was so transactional, I'm not gonna lie. It made me feel a little dirty at first. Oh, transactional sex is dirty. Yeah, because it literally it you you, you leave in a deficit. Right. So that's because it, it the only value it seems like the only value there is your sex. Is your sex. And that's not sustainable. Right. Um, so well. we, 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 we won't go there. <laughs> but, you know, that's why I, I guess I'm so like for, I'm really for people just trying to be as authentic as possible. Right. With their sex positivity, mm-hmm. you know, doing it how you want to do it and, and just being as forthcoming as possible. Like last mm-hmm. night. I wanted to cuddle with this guy. Right. You know, someone that I had a connection with. Right. You know, we've done this before and I get there, it's a threesome. Like, not cool with that. Right. Um, but it's not I think. what I signed up for. I, 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 I didn't sign up for that. You know, so I think all in all, you know, you just, you just have to really decide like what you're signing up for. True. And, and, and what you want to come out of these situations. Right. Because, because sometimes I think people just don't, they know what their motives are, uh-huh. but they're not speaking. And it. they don't tell you that. And I and think they don't that's tell so shysty. Like, I hate a bitch that you know you want to fuck, but you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Because, especially with people like me, and I think this needs to be a general rule, rule of thumb. If you are interested in someone sexually, you should say so. Yes. If you're only interested in someone sexually, you should say so. If you are a friend of someone and you start to fancy them, Mm-hmm. Sexually, I think it's really important to have a conversation as opposed to just pushing up on them. Yes, and expecting them to want to be down with whatever you done. Because bitch, I'm not Brandy. Yes, the other day I was out. Don't out be I was out with my friend, and we were just out shooting the shit. And he was like, "Um, which which of your friends would you fuck?" And I was like, "You." And wow, that's and bold. Yeah, I was. I was like, I was like, I would fuck you for sure. I was like. I think you. I think you look really good. And and, and wow. we had that. We right. had a, we you had kicked a, the door in. Friend. We had a very <laughs> honest, we had a very honest conversation about about just you know desirability, attractiveness, yeah. but it it was healthy. 
Yeah. Because we are friends. Yeah. And we had the dialogue about, hey, you know, just because we're friends doesn't mean that my eyes don't work. Right. Or, or, or does that it mean. That is so interesting you to know, me. You know, or does it mean that. Once I consider someone a friend, I don't. My, it turns off for me. It turns. Okay. So I think. I think that well, it 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 also depends on the, the how you guys become friends. That's true. And just you know the history, it all, all that plays up into the things you're comfortable with talking about people, talking right. with people, and, and doing with them. How how I became friends with this person was a little bit more casual. Right. So we had the space to be more raw right. with our and conversation. See, and I think that's, that way. I think with me, I'm. I understand why people would. Like you and I, I don't see you sexually at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? We've been friends since we were children. Right. (laughs) Really. We really have. You know? Yeah. But for this other person, I met them in my adult life. We we were associates and then we became friends. Right. Um, So, yeah. I think for me, I was making a point and I forgot. I'm sorry. It's okay. (laughs) No, essentially what I was saying is for me, whenever I consider someone a friend, I instantly lose that level of attraction. Yeah. Right. And I understand, like, okay, here's my thing, right? I I can completely compartmentalize sex versus intimacy and emotions. But as I've gotten older, I only want sex with intimacy and emotions. Yes. Back to my fuck buddy situation. At first, it was very transactional, and I was hurt by that, mm-hmm. right? Granted, the nigga didn't owe me anything, so it's never like I pressed him and was like, why don't you? Why don't you love me? It wasn't that, <laughs> right? That wasn't the situation. Down the line, I started to, I, once I realized what it was, I was like, oh, okay, this is what it is, cool. Down the line, he started to skew the in the other direction. One time after we had, you know, we were having a session. Yeah. And normally, like I said, we would get it in, and then it would go normally there wasn't a lot of kissing you know this time there was a lot of kissing there was a lot of just i was like this feels more passionate yeah right and then after we were done the nigga walking around my room butt ass naked he's looking at comfortable he's looking at pictures on my wall and he was Dominican, right? And he oh, was like did fresh you, off the did boat. You, did you talk about him, bitch? Yeah. His ass couldn't speak a, speak a look English. A, look at English, bitch. Un poquito English. Okay? <laughs> very little English. Uh, um, like, much like me, I know very little Espanol, okay? Yeah. And he was walking. He's like, oh, this is your father? Like, you know, he was like, oh, this is your papa? This is your father? Mm-hmm. I was like, he was like, oh, you guys like the built the same. He was, he was just <laughs> looking at He goes, is he madre? He madre? And I was like, yeah, that's my mom. And he was like, really? You don't look like him? I'm like, I know. And he's like, he's like, oh, your brother? He's like, he's like going through the, I'm like, what are you doing? Right. And then he started asking me questions about like, well, mind you, we had been fuck buddies at this point for like probably like three or four months on and off mm-hmm. but we never build any kind of relationship yeah but right? something about that particular something exchange. about that and then after that i noticed i was like oh now you're catching feelings uh-huh. which goes back to my i think it's really interesting that people can do that and sustain I don't, those honestly, relationships and i don't never think catch it's feelings. possible for me right i think if i, I think if, if people are being like the longest fuck buddy experience I've had was probably with a year with this guy. And I know for a fact he began to catch feelings. Right. And I, and as he caught feelings, I pulled, I pulled further and further away. Right. And began to feel, I began to feel. Cause like, that wasn't what you wanted. This, this wasn't what I wanted. And, then, right. and, and, and but it, but 
him being so invested in wanting to wanting more from me began to make me feel more invested in finding what I really wanted. Ooh. Okay. Um, but then once I, I got to a point where I couldn't fuck him anymore because mm. it was too much. He was clinging to me too much during sex. You know where I could feel his soul trying to take mine. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the funny thing because that's that's the good sex. That yeah, he was literally trying to take me, and I was like, okay, this nigga really trying to put it on me. Right? Cool. I'm into it. I'm gonna fuck you down and give you what you want. But the thing is, you can't have me that way. Right. Um. And which is why I, that's why I find fucking friends so interesting because I'm like, what happens when you get to that point? Because you're not going to continue to have sex with someone you don't if you don't enjoy the sex. No. And then what if the sex is bad? Like, then, what if you fuck your friend and you realize, wow, my friend is trash and bad? Bitch, then you know. Then you stop fucking your friend, and but then what, is your friend going to get upset that, like... Then, okay, so you saying my sex is whack, nigga? Right! <laughs> that, that's why, for me, I have such a hard time because I'm like, there's so many like, possibilities and so many outcomes of the situation that it's like, if it's good, why do I want it to stop? And then if it's bad, is it now awkward that we fucked and we know our sex is bad? And then it, it you maybe know, I need to grow the fuck up. Maybe, maybe I'm just a little a uh, 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 a green, yeah, little naive little boy, and that's fine. I'm learning. I'm growing. Right. Um. But I've seen sex with friends just really fuck up the dynamics of the group friendship. Right. You know, when you, you have two friends that are fucking around on the low, no one knows. And mm-hmm. and, 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 and we never know yeah. why there's always so much dissension amongst the group. Mm-hmm. We two bitches are around each why other. Why are you so mad that he why was at the club with someone? With so? Right. Or, or, or. Well, he just, he said he was at the house and I don't know why he lying to me. Well, why does that matter, why bitch? Why does that matter, bitch? Oh, because y'all fucking. It's because y'all are fucking. And y'all been fucking. Been fucking. Because but y'all have to figure out why you sitting here mad that this nigga got a, a boyfriend. Right. But y'all and now him. every time his boyfriend walk in the room, you got an attitude. You can give him attitude. And then even if that happens, if you're fucking your friends, like I couldn't imagine fucking like dating someone, right? And I go over to for like a house party and everybody that walked in the room, 10 people walk in the room and he didn't fuck six of them. See? And that's all eyes on me. And now everybody looking at me. Smiling, smiling, giggling. giggling. Like you getting a dick now? You getting a butt now? Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. that. So no, I can't fuck my no. friends. Yeah, I, I won't do it. And um, yeah, I I won't have a sex buddy for long because for me the lines just get blurred. I think I think these are all like temporary fixes. Honestly. Yeah, I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I commend those of you who are able to do it. Um, you built differently. Yep. And and, and that's you cool. Know, that's cool. There's no no shame in your game. Or my game. Or my game. Yeah. So. I just think it's all very interesting. Yeah. So very interesting. That was the grown and gay. Yes. And with that being said, we're gonna take a quick little break. Quick little break. And we'll be right back with y'all. Hey y'all, it's Malik. Aren't you tired of hearing those queens lecturing us? No. Well, I am. So we want to hear from you. Have a question, comment, or some messy tea? Write into the show for our Spill It section at growingupgaypodcast at gmail.com. Now back into the show. All right. So we are back with On the Timeline. 
Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, which I'm gonna, is not, it's not, which is not the on the timeline <laughs> segment is where we discuss things that are, of course, being discussed on the timeline. Things that are going on in popular culture, things that are conversations that are being taken place on social media, so on and so forth. So the very first thing that I wanted to discuss is Nene Leaks is opening a restaurant. What is it called, Fran? The Lanethia. <laughs> the Lanethia Lounge, to be exact. Fran. Yes. Are you ready to go have brunch with Nene Leaks? Is Nene ready to have brunch with Nene Leaks? <laughs> because I'm trying to figure out why Nene put that restaurant up there in Duluth. Don't know. Because Nene. Don't nobody. Don't, ain't nobody going to Duluth. You need to have the city of Atlanta draw. You are, right. you know, a public figure here in Atlanta, an Atlanta housewife. That should have been in College Park. Right. She could have put that in the West End. Right. I mean, I know rent up there is a little bit cheaper, but I just, I, I'm not going to the I don't know if brunch. I'm driving. All, listen. I'm not. There's an OLG gang not too far from where I live in, bitch. I ain't trying to go there. There's an OLG you know, in South Fulton. Yeah, I'm not. Granted, I don't fuck with candy. So that's why. Um, I think this is an interesting endeavor for her to delve into. One thing I will give Nene is she is entertaining. So I think if she plays her cards right and she makes sure she pops up in the restaurant and she makes a big to-do and she's, hey, you know, she's welcoming and she, you know, grabs a mic and, you know, tells a joke or two, you know. She better have her ass she, up. You know what? That's what I'm saying. She got to be she there. She better be up in there. This yeah. better be a residency for her. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? She needs to be up in there too hot the week. Busting tables Bussing and telling tables jokes. Busting tables and telling jokes. Because she, she, cause she has to drive traffic there. Right. You know, and she no longer has the housewives to do so. And, I, and she does not. And I was going to say, and her stores are closed in Atlanta. Really? Um, Swag Boutique is done. No, I didn't know she that. She still has the location in um, out there in D.C. Not D.C. Uh, National Harbor at the MGM. Gag, I she's, didn't know that. She, and she has the one in Miami. COVID got her, huh? But the one in Atlanta is closed, baby. So, I mean, interesting way, if, I guess, for her to, you know, invest her money into this restaurant. But, mm-hmm. I, I'm, but I'm also interested in what what are the margins right now to really open up a restaurant in this in this, in this partic- climate. in this climate, right? And what does that mean? And 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 what is going to be like? How is she going to keep that open? How is she going to drive people up in there to right. spend their money? Well, first the food is gonna have to be great. The food has the food better be swinging. Cause she no longer has the the audience of Bravo at her the tip of her fingers to drive people to up drive in the people store, to promote it. I mean, right. this whole season we could have been seeing her get Lanethia ready. Right, Nene, I would have took them six episodes to promote the um my business baby and kept it moving and kept it moving. Yeah, because listen, if the check really didn't change, if she still was get, was was getting that million, she wasn't five, getting that same million five. If Ain't she was no still getting that million five for six episodes, I would have took them six episodes. Bravo and, was probably throwing three hundred thousand, which is I would have took it. Listen, Nene has a lifestyle to keep up with. I know, and 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 um. And Hollywood ain't working right Hollywood. now. Hollywood ain't working right now. Hollywood spinners. Yeah. But I, I love don't. me some Nene. I want yeah. her to win. I think we should go. Okay, let, let's go. Yes. Shit. We now, should go. Now you done gave me homework. Yeah, we okay, should so go. We'll go with it open. And we'll review the Lanethia. And we'll review the Lanethia. If y'all want to cash us up to cash app us to pay for the meal, just No, let me know. not if y'all need to send us some money. <laughs> to okay. Y'all need to sponsor our trip. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up gay. Y'all listeners had to send us a few dollars. So we, we, we're going to go down to Lanethia, eat, dine, and give y'all the tea. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that friend. And you, know, but you know what? I bet the cocktail is gonna be good because Nini likes to drink. She does like to drink. The cocktail's gonna have. Don't to be, be having no cheap liquor in there, Nini. Nini. Don't okay. be having a super cheap. Don't we get coming. it. Don't get it from from te- uh. Oh, I was about to be real. I was about to say Texaco when I'm at Mexis. <laughs> when I meant Mexico, what the fuck is Mexis? Anyway, let's move on, friend, because I'm I'm tongue tied. <laughs> Clearly. Um. So speaking of Real Housewives and Bravo. Ebony K. Williams is joining the Real Housewives of New York cast. If you do not know who Ebony K. Williams is, don't worry. A lot of people don't. <laughs> she, however, is a part of Joe Budden's State of the Culture show. Um, that's where I first saw her. I believe she's a lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. Or she worked in law before stepping into social media and, and um, being a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's going to be joining the Real Housewives of New York cast. I saw this coming. Um, I knew they were going to blacken up the cast. Uh, Leah already has one of her friends. I forgot her name. That's black. That will be joining her. Um, As a friend. Leah will be ushering her into the show. I don't know if she's going to be a housewife or a friend. Leah is white because I don't watch New York. Yeah, Leah is white. And, Leah she, is she, the, and she brought her black They her brought black Leah in on. last season. She's young. She's only like 38. Mm-hmm. Um, she's. Have you ever heard of Married to the Mob? Yes. That She owns that company. Okay. So oh, yeah. she um, has one of her black friends that's going to be, I don't know if the black girl is going to be a housewife or yeah. a friend of the show. Yeah. You know, it's all based upon how you perform. Yeah. So um, she has her. And then, of course, Ebony K. Williams is going to be there. I saw that happening because it's 2020. It's time. All of these all white cast. They got to stop. They got to stop. Yeah. They gotta, it's it, boring. It, it's boring. It has to be broken up. It, it, I want to see Asian up. women too. I want to see some Asian girls. I want to see some Indian ladies. Yes. I want to see. Because Indian women, first of all, are wealthiest. Listen. And they carry on. And they, like and they no read. other. They do. And they have. A different read. Cultural reads. Read. They have. Indian right. women have cultural reads. They have a whole caste system going on. Right. It's a lot over there. It's a lot going on over there. It's a whole so lot, I, a whole I, lot. I, I want to get into these cultural gags. Yeah. I'm I'm excited that they're bringing some, some black women over to New York because, I mean, it's New York. Spice it up. Spice it up. I still can't believe they had a Real Housewives of Miami with all white women. Well. White Latin. I mean, there were a few white Latinas, but, like, you're still white. It's Miami. Like, there should have been some West Indian women. I'm still waiting for a Jamaican or, you know, West Indian housewife because that'll be a time. Yeah. That'll be a time. Yeah. Real Housewives of Kingston. Ooh. Make it happen, bravo. Drama, okay? Full of drama. Um, and in more Housewives news, we're going to stay in Housewives. It's a Housewives segment. Yeah. There were some things going on at Cynthia I Bailey's Bachelorette back- party. Fucking friends. Fucking friends. See? Fucking, fucking friends. Fucking friends. <laughs> fucking friends. Fucking friends. <laughs> there we go. Fucking around fucking your friends. Mm-hmm. And now you fucked. Because <laughs> you didn't fuck you- your friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, allegedly, Portia and Tanya mm-hmm. were in an entanglement <laughs> with a male stripper. Yeah. Um, uh, Cynthia Bailey, of course, is getting married, and she, she was having a bridal shower, mm-hmm. you know, a little. As, as girls do. As, you know, as women do. Mm-hmm. And apparently they hired a male stripper, which also what tends to happen when there's a bridal shower. Yep. Um, and apparently Homeboy did a little overtime. Oh. I don't know if he was on the clock. Or if they were just on his cock. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, where's the buzzer? <laughs> Ring the bell. Ring the bell, bitch. Ring the bell. So, yes, apparently um, Cynthia, uh, not Cynthia Lord, Portia and Tanya were Have taking turns time. with the young man. And apparently somebody was heard screaming, oh, fuck me harder. Oh, my God. Oh, 
Like, no, I think I saw B. Scott run that story. But I saw, I think page six, I saw run it. Yeah. But um, it hasn't been confirmed who the ladies are, but so far, the majority of the ladies have said it wasn't me. It wasn't me. He said he got me on the counter. It, it wasn't, wasn't me. me. Um, I don't know that Tanya and Portia have said anything, but I think this is very interesting because... Both of their significant others had storylines last season where they were cheating or potentially cheating. Tanya potentially, which found out he wasn't. And then Portia, we know he was, Dennis was definitely cheating. Definitely cheating. So either the tables have turned or it was a lesson their men had to learn. Bitch, you got the gags. I'm trying to be. Mama, you are giving me life and up world today. Um... I don't know. I'm interested. I want to see I, what I'm, happens. I, you know, I want to see. Listen, what, those are two women. What this season looks like without Nene. They, those are two bodied women. So if, if he was, if he can handle all that ass, honey, I wonder. It must have been a big dick stripper up in there. I don't know. Couldn't those I saw. I saw a picture of the alleged they be, stripper, they and they I was be, like, um, oh. using those things to keep their dicks so hard all night yeah. long. Does that affect performance? I don't know, but I hear it's. I hear it's, It don't feel the same. I wouldn't mm. know. I don't, I'm not into male strippers. They're nasty. Yeah, it's, like a, little, it's a little greasy. Greasy, stinky, yeah. Yeah, slimy. Yeah. Not into it. Like you've been eating pussy all day or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll find out the real tea. Yeah. Um, a few months from now. Yeah. Speaking of somebody that has been fucking, but we're happy about this fucking. Well, they probably were happy. Anyway, we're happy about this fucking. Kelly Rowland. Ooh. The child of destiny is pregnant. Coffee. Coffee and sex in the morning. Listen. Yeah. All she that looked, coffee and sex in the morning then gave her a bun in the oven. She's beaming. Beautiful. She's beaming. She's on the cover of Women's Health this month. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, Hella bump. Beautiful cover. Yeah. Gorgeously shot. Um, I'm happy. I hope she has a little girl. That would be fabulous. Ugh. A little. That'd be that'd an- be fabulous. Another a little calendria. A little a little calendria. Yeah. Kelly, where's your music? Her son is so adorable. Kelly, where's your music? She's not giving out music if she's pregnant. That's not I, happening. I know we're talking about your pregnancy right now. That's not happening, friend. But you gave us coffee. That's not happening, friend. She probably found out she was pregnant and was like, "Well, let me shelve this hoe because yeah. what I'm not about to do is give y'all love. give y'all videos and shit while I got morning sickness. Y'all can hold on to that." Damn. Yeah. I'm very happy for Kelly. She's I beautiful. I also think it's dope that we live in this generation where women are having children so much older. Yes. Because a lot of women are. Yeah. I, yeah. I fuck with it because it's like, let me enjoy my life and then have some kids. Yeah. And then, you know, technology is advancing, you know. Uh, and she's wealthy. Vitro she's is wealthy. So, so. Yeah, she got she money. Got money. Yeah, she got money. So it, it, anything is possible when you got the coin. Right. Nene told y'all when you have the coin, they make, they it, make in it in size. your size. <laughs> so uh, you can do whatever you want to do. Yes, congratulations to the child of destiny. Her son is adorable, so I'm sure she's Titan gonna have. Is beautiful. He's so adorable. Yeah. Listen, I don't know what it. Celebrity children just be so cute. Her man fine too, though. He is handsome and she's gorgeous. Yeah, it's a beautiful woman. That is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. woman. Yeah. So yeah, now Rumi and Sir have a little playmate. They do. Yeah, they do. Love that for them. Yeah. Yeah. We got well, find Michelle a man. Don't she? Ain't she with the white man? Child. They broke up? Is, is that a real relationship? I don't know. Because I be hearing so much. I don't know. Maybe she don't need a man. Maybe Michelle is just like, I don't care. She don't need a man. No one needs a man. I, I ain't need, got one shit. I don't need a man. I can go the rest of my life and be fine. I don't know about the rest of my life. I might want a little. 
Now, I, 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 I want, want one. I want. I want a man. <laughs> Let's be clear. Okay, I don't want to. I don't, I don't want y'all thinking I'm just too good. I I'm want not a man. looking. Much like Rihanna, I'm not looking no, for a man. I'm not looking, Let's start there. But when he comes to me, come close to me, niggas. Let your love shine through. Come on, man. I know it might. Crazy, but put your dick <laughs> in me. In me. <laughs> My God! All right, so Ooh, that's friends, the episode, y'all. <laughs> that is it for this week's episode of Grown Up Gay. Uh, we don't have a spill it this week. Nope. Because y'all hoes are not writing into the podcast. That's okay. But y'all listen. Ask us your that, 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 That's the gag. How y'all hoes be listening every week? And, <laughs> yeah. I, and I know read got, them, friend. Read them out. And I know y'all have tea. I know you got tea. Right. It's a I damn, know you got questions y'all want to ask us. Pandemic going on. I know your man probably tried it. Child. Oh my god! You know what would be really interesting? What if you have a fuck buddy, or yes. if you are fucking your friends? Right into the show and let us know what that experience is like. And we want to talk about it because we want to talk about it in depth. In and depth. I think having yeah. some. Some some first hand right second eyewitnesses would be amazing <laughs> right <laughs> some two hand experiences if you get what I mean hey right but that is it for this week's episode as always make sure you're following us on social media make sure you're interacting with the show rate us five stars on iTunes and all that jazz all right y'all bye. Holla.